With many growth stocks down 60, 70, even 80% in some cases, some investors are wondering if it's time to get on board the ARK ETFs train to, let's say, buy some of these high growth oriented ETFs, high innovation like ARKK. And some existing ARK investors who have seen a significant drawdown are wondering if it's time to potentially double up. And so I'm going to share both the pros and cons to considering that perspective in this video. If this is your first time tuning in, my name is Daniel and you're watching Unrivaled Investing, a no hype mission focused channel trying to find you exceptional companies and unrivaled investments. In full disclosure, this is not financial advice. And at the time of this video, publication, I did not own any financial interest in the ARK investment products, the various different ETFs. So first, as a quick refresher, I previously did a video warning investors about the ARK ETFs, primarily based on the commentary of Michael Burry. The ARKK ETF peaked within a few days of that video, is now down about 60% from its high. And this makes me wonder if there's a potential bargain to be had. You know, when you see things down, that's when I start, you know, rubbing my hands together saying, hmm, licking my lips, maybe there's something juicy here. And from a sentiment perspective, we're in the kick them when they're down phase. As Jim Cramer, who in February 2021 had called Kathy Wood a genius, is now touting the SARK ETF, which is an inverse ETF that shorts effectively tries to short or mimic a negative one correlation with the ARKK ETF. So the ARK fund holdings, the ARKK ETF, the innovation fund. And so Kramer literally just did a segment on Mad Money hosing down a toy arc, sort of as saying like, hey, if you want to get in on this, this is the way to do it. You know, sell, 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 or, or buy, buy, buy the SARK, which in all honesty, this just from a sentiment perspective does strike me as the kick them when them down. Like the time to have done this was, you know, time to do this was here where you're effectively saying, yeah, there's actually a lot of risk and, you know, you might not agree with it. And then it goes down 60%. Don't say necessarily pile in, but that's from a sentiment perspective. So from a sentiment perspective, I think, you know, you've got the green light to cross the street. That said, it is worth understanding that nearly 20% of fatal pedestrian accidents happen in the intersection. So you want to look both ways as you consider, you know, pulling that trigger from a purely sentiment perspective. Let's consider the other arguments that go against it, such as, let's say, using logic and valuations. So it's important to have some perspective here. Okay, so yes, nearly a 60% drop is a lot. But if you don't have an absolute valuation backstop with a company generating true free cash flow that's backing up that valuation, you'd be surprised with how volatile a stock can get. This is part of the reason why Amazon stock dropped 95% when the dot-com bubble burst. They weren't posting significant free cash flow. The business was valued on very far out future margins. And when you have those huge margin assumptions, it creates significant volatility. And so keep in mind, what's the difference between a 60% drop and an 80% drop? That's another 50%. What's the difference between an 80% drop and a 90%? That's another 50%. So this is why it's so important to size up valuations. And for example, while Tesla just posted an amazing year and has done an amazing job innovating and executing, I would not want to personally short Tesla. It's just you know, personally, I don't want to bet against Elon Musk. I'm impressed with what he's doing, what he's built. That said, it still trades at 170 times free cash flow that they generated for 2021. Now, keep in mind, the loftier the valuation, the more assumptions you need to make in terms of what that future growth is going to be. And the more assumptions mean the more animal spirits get factored into the underlying stock price volatility, just like I called out with Amazon stock dropping 95% from its high. Now, another important question to ask yourself 
is despite this recent sell-off, do you think we're closer to an economic cycle top or a cycle bottom? This is actually a really important question for you to step back and reflect on because the Federal Reserve only recently telegraphed that they will start tightening in the months ahead. The economy is still humming along. Imagine what valuations would look like if the U.S. or the world were in a recession. That is a very different picture from where we are today. In those moments, valuations can really reset significantly lower because sentiment is sour and investors become skeptical that demand will ever grow or resume again. That's what happens during recessions, even depressions. Folks say, you know, it'll never be sun. You'll never see sunshine again becomes the attitude. Neither is right. You know, the eternal you know sunshine of a bull market is is not correct either. So you do need to consider both these aspects when you think about it. So from an absolute valuation perspective, I would argue medium term term, I am cautious over the next few years because, you know, generally Federal Reserve tightening does lead to tightening of the economy, then eventually you do see the economy turn. We haven't really seen an economic, a true economic cycle since the great financial crisis. So the question is, you know, how long between the Federal Reserve tightening and that economic cycle, let's say, peaking. And I'd argue we're currently probably closer. My own personal view is we're probably closer to an economic cycle top than to an economic cycle bottom, in which case valuations you know, should be considered and the risk of being much, much lower valuations should definitely be considered. And in the short term, so that was my medium term concerns, let's say over the next few years. In the short term, anything can happen. I really, I really do believe that. You could see crazy volatility up or down and maybe even get a rally back to the all-time highs as the Federal Reserve has already you know, started putting out feelers that they might reverse course and ease up faster than expected. I mean, this is just this signaling is just astonishing to me as the Federal Reserve hasn't even really started tightening yet. They just they're slowly reducing how radically monetary stimulus, the, the radical policies, they're just pulling it back. They haven't even really started tightening it. And so to hear it is to start putting out feelers, say, yeah, we might pause the rate hikes in the spring. That's It's just mind blowing to me. Um, so while that covers my broader valuation thoughts, what about the underlying logic that ARC uses that you've heard Kathy Wood you know, discuss? Overall, I too believe that innovation is happening faster than ever and investors will want to align themselves with that growth and potential. I'm very excited about the potential in the years ahead and the innovation of the human mind and spirit. You know, when you combine hard work and a system that encourages it and enables, you know, innovative investment and development, I'm really excited about the prospects of the future. I think it will be dramatically different than the past. That said, this is also where I personally struggle with the ARC funds. I did a prior video on the model, the investment model ARC used to get to a multi-trillion dollar valuation for Tesla. I think it was a $4 trillion valuation that they were talking about on the high side. And it embedded the assumption that by 2025, Tesla would have a global robo-taxi fleet that was generating over $100 billion in profit versus currently 2021, $5 billion in free cash flow. They were saying, yeah, the robo taxi fleet alone would be a hundred billion plus in profit. So I look at that as one such iteration and saying, wait a second. And they were also penciling out top line growth that was even faster than what Elon Musk was penciling out. So I looked at those assumptions and they struck me as aspirational at best or worse, disconnected from reality. Maybe it was even coming across as promotional to attract more assets saying, hey, we think this is just so amazing. And that disconnect is why I personally won't be buying the ARK ETFs 
myself is, you know, seeing that sort of disconnect between, wait a second, you know, you'd throw out a model like this and it just doesn't, it just doesn't rub me the right way. It just doesn't make sense to me. I want to be grounded in, in fundamentals. One plus one will always equal two. And so that said, there might be some opportunities to forage among the ARC holdings. After all, if the world is creating short products that artificially push down, let's say, all of the ARK ARKK ETF holdings, it's possible that some of them could truly be a good deal. And this is why it's important, in my opinion, to look at companies one at a time. I don't care. At the end of the day, I really don't care who's buying the stock, you know, who's selling it. I, it is worthwhile to understand those dynamics. Oh, there's a big buyer. Oh, there's a big seller. It is interesting to note, oh, this, this short ETF has quickly grown a couple hundred million in assets. So that should be, you know, pushing down some of these, these holdings. And I bet a lot of investors are, you know, targeting, you know, the, the ARC holdings as well to, to short them. And they've done that recently. So it is worthwhile to say, oh, there might be some opportunities to sort of let's say pick among the rubble or or forage to say, hey, maybe some of these things here have been disproportionately sold off relative to their underlying fundamentals. So go one company at a time, size up their value proposition, you know, size up their growth potential, size up their respective valuation. Not necessarily everything has to be, you know, cheap or expensive. Go one company at a time and say, does this make sense? And that's partly the goal of this channel is to go one company at a time. And I also talk about the individual companies at unrivaledinvesting.com where we're building a community, an unrivaled community, ideally looking to find exceptional companies and unrivaled investments. So if this video talking about question, the questioning, whether or not it was time to buy the ARK ETFs or growth stocks in general, you know, short term, anything can happen. You know, seeing that that change in commentary from the Federal Reserve does make me think would it, it's just absolute lunacy and it wouldn't surprise me to see the market, you know, go back to an all time high. Wouldn't surprise me to see, you know, I, I, I in the short term, anything can happen. Wide range of possibilities. Longer term, medium term over the next few years, you know, as you possibly see a full market cycle. I'm a little bit more concerned, you know, given that what happens when you ha have an economic contraction, what happens to valuations at that point? Because arguably at that point, then you have real valuation backstops. You don't have, let's say, 200 times free cash flow. You have what's the yield today and am I, am I getting attractive enough yield on the free cash flow? And then that, that future growth is an option that might happen that's severely discounted if you're in, let's say, an economic contraction. So anywho, if this video has been helpful, please make a point of hitting that thumbs up, hit subscribe button. Thanks so much for tuning in.